Merry Christmas, everyone. I'm reading from Luke 1, 26 through 35, and Luke 2, 1 through 7. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloth and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. One night I had a dream. Now in real life, we had recently sold the home that my sister, my brother, and I grew up in, and our family had lived on this property for more than a hundred years. My great uncles had a piece of property. My grandparents had the property next to them. And then there was our family home. There was a brook we all shared and we kids could play in it. There were no fences. We had several acres of land to run on. But over time, each property was sold until finally our family home was the last to go. Shortly after the house sold, I had the dream. I found myself on the family property, but now there were lines dividing up each lot. I was on my great uncle's former property, but I realized that I wasn't supposed to be there. So I jumped to the next lot that had belonged to my grandparents, but there were more lines running through that, and I knew I wasn't supposed to be there either. Everywhere I walked, I was trespassing. I wanted to go to the property where I grew up, but even in the dream, I remembered that the house had been sold. And so I said to myself, I can't go there. So I made my way to a parking lot that was behind all the properties. And I looked back at the house in which I grew up and I saw uh, the woman who in real life we had sold the house to playing with her young son in the side yard. It looked like a wonderful scene to be part of, but I knew I couldn't go there. 
So I stood in the parking lot and I just looked. And this feeling of sadness came over me. And there's this thought ran through my head. There's no place for me anymore. There's no place for me. Today, we're going to look at the Christmas story in the Gospel of Luke. And in the Gospel of Luke, we're told about someone who from his very birth experienced what it meant to have no place. The child would grow into manhood and he would say this about himself. Foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. And even in death, as at his birth, he would again be wrapped in claws and laid in a borrowed grave. This one knew what it was like to feel excluded and to have no place. In Luke 2, 1-7, it says, In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. And it goes on to say, Joseph also went up from Galilee to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. There is no place for Jesus. No place for Jesus in his family home. There's no place for Jesus among his extended family. There's no place, we are told, in the inn. Although much has been imagined about the innkeeper and the filled-up inns of Bethlehem, this is probably not what Luke meant. The original word is kataluma, and it is much more likely to refer to the guest chamber in a home. The same word shows up again in the Gospel of Luke, describing the guest chamber in a home where Jesus will have the Last Supper with his disciples. In those days, often the family homes were compounds of three or four generations, and there would have been the Cataluma, a place where guests of any of the families would eat and sleep, because guests, it was very important to show hospitality and honor them. So in the Cataluma is a place where hospitality is extended and guests are honored. And in fact, some of the homes in Bethlehem are built over caves which serve as stables for domestic animals. The animals feed from a manger. Mangers are feeding troughs, usually carved out of stone. So mangers are found wherever animals are kept and wherever animals are fed. So there's no place in the Cataluma, the upper room. And so the family goes to the lower levels. There's no place for Jesus among people. Only among the place for animals does Jesus find a place. He's placed in a feeding trough, a manger cut from stone. And the prophet Isaiah's words are recalled. The ox knows its owner, the donkey its master's manger, but the people of Israel do not know. My people 
do not understand. There is no place for Jesus. And so it says, she wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the Cataluma. There is no place for Jesus, but the lowest place. No place for Jesus is given him among humans. The only place given for Jesus is the place for animals. But who is this one? There is a great gap between how Jesus appears and how he is received and who he really is. A great gap. Now, there have been times in my life when there has been a gap between who God made me and what he called me and enabled me to do and how people perceive me. God has sent me to many places to speak for him, but I just don't look like what people expect. I just don't look like someone who would be sent to speak for the Lord. One time someone arrived early at a Christian's ev women's event where I was speaking, and she said to me, have you heard today's speaker? I sure hope she's good. I said, me too. Now, one time I was speaking at a week-long Nazarene family camp in Canada. The Canadian district superintendent was looking for a female preacher to show the churches on his district that women could and should be preaching. My district superintendent in the metro New York area had recommended me to him. So there would be over a thousand people at each of the evening sessions. I was kind of the Jackie Robinson for women of the Nazarene Canadian district. And so halfway through the week, one of the leaders told me his reaction when he met my husband and me at the airport. He saw, he told me, my six foot three husband looking every bit as he expected. He got off the plane looking tall and impressive. This is what they were looking for. And so he looked around for his equally tall and equally impressive wife. He said he kept looking for this female preacher who would knock down barriers and establish the foundation for women to be allowed to preach. But he didn't see me. Now, interestingly, I was standing right there, but he didn't see me. I was standing just a little bit to the left of Jim, but as many of you know, I only come up to just a little above Jim's waist. And so I think at that moment, if you could have read the Nazarene leader's thoughts when he realized I was their barrier-breaking speaker, you would have seen these words. Uh-oh. Well, there was a gap between how I was perceived and what God had enabled me to do, but that is minute compared to the gap between how Jesus appeared and who Jesus is. Infinitesimal. Who is this one who finds no place but a low place? Luke 1, 31 to 33 says, And you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And Luke 2.35 reads, And the angel said to Mary, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. 
Therefore, the child to be born will be called holy, the Son of God. Who is this one who finds no place but the lowest place? This one is the king who will reign forever. This one is holy. He's other, not like anyone we have no, ever known or seen. This one is great. This one is the son of the Most High. The Most High, a translation of the Hebrew El Elyon, the Hebrew name of God that speaks of God's exaltedness and overwhelming majesty. The Most Exalted One. This is who Jesus is. This one is the highest. This one is the Lord. The angels at Jesus' birth proclaimed to shepherds, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. The highest one comes to us in the lowest place. And this, the angel said to them, will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling claws and lying in a manger. Glory to God in the highest. The one in the lowest place is the highest. There's no place for Jesus. There's no place but the lowest place. But do not be fooled by where you find him. This one is the highest. This one is the Lord. At Christmas time, my father would bring down the Christmas decorations from the attic. He would carry down a large cardboard box and place it on the floor of our living room. And the box was filled with figures and wrapped in layers and layers of newspaper. My brother, my sister, and I would unwrap each figure and we would set up the manger scene. There were camels, there were sheep, there were wise men, even shepherds playing flutes and drums. There were all sorts of figures. But each time I unwrapped a figure, I secretly hoped that I would be the kid who unwrapped the baby Jesus. If I did unwrap him, I would carry him to the stable and I'd put him in the center of the nativity scene. The center was the right place for the Lord Jesus. Those of you who've been journeying with us have had an opportunity during this Advent season to prepare our hearts for Christ, singly and also as a community. But the Lord God Almighty had something to say to us today. Are you ready to receive Christ in all his lordship? This is not an idle question, the Lord said, for there are some among you less willing and therefore less receiving of his full lordship. Is there a place for the Lord in your lives? Ask and you shall receive. Knock and the door opens. Rejoice for the King and Savior shall enter as Lord for those who give him place. So in your life, 
is their place for Jesus Christ the Lord. To give your highest place to the highest Lord. If you desire that, please pray with me. Glory to God in the highest. Glory to the Son of the Most High. You are my King and Savior, and I want you to enter as Lord. Jesus, you ask me, is there a place for me, the Lord, in your life? Yes, Lord, there is. Be Lord over my body. Be Lord over my emotions. Be Lord over my anxieties and problems. Be Lord over every bit of me and every bit of my life. No problem too small. No gifting too great. Be Lord of it all. Enter and take the highest place. Jesus Christ, my Lord. Amen. Rejoice. For the King and Savior has entered as Lord for those who gave him place. If you were moved by today's message, that was the Holy Spirit wooing you to himself. God created the entire universe so that he could be in relationship with us, so that he could be in relationship with you. His son came to the earth. Though he was completely without sin, he died the death of a sinner, took all of our sins upon himself, and was resurrected so that we could have eternal life. All we need to do is accept what he did for us. You can find out more at westchesterchapel.org forward slash salvation. But why not pray with me right now? Lord Jesus, thank you for suffering and dying for me. Thank you that your death atoned for everything that I've done to separate me from you. I pray that you would forgive me of my sins, wash me clean, and Holy Spirit, come into my life and empower me to live for you. Amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, we'd love to know about it. Please send an email to info at westchesterchapel.org. Now, our website is under construction right now, so these links may or may not work. But if you go to westchesterchapel.blogspot.com, in the right-hand column, you'll see an article on salvation and a way to get in touch there. If you live in or near Westchester County, we hope you'll join us. Find out when we're meeting at westchesterchapel.org. Again, that website may be under construction, but be patient with us. Also, if you're outside of the area, you can join us on Zoom, and that info will be there as well. But we do encourage you to get plugged into a local body of Christ-centered, Bible-believing Christians. Lord bless you.